The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. It's the Final Furlong Podcast with Declan Ricks. Hello! This time, Declan Ricks is sounding more like Barry White, whereas last <laughs> time... He sounded, hello, like he'd just gone through puberty. Kevin Blake. Hello. It's almost a copy and paste job at this stage. It's the same one each time, and I'm Emmett Kennedy. Uh, we shall look ahead to a fantastic weekend's racing at Newmarket and also round it off with what should be a lap of honor for Japan in the Grand Prix de Paris at uh, Paris Longchamp. We'll see a little bit more about that uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, but we'll start with the Tattersalls Falmouth Stakes, uh, 3.35 on the Friday, beginning with that, first of all, where One Master, Kabbalah, and I Can Fly, friend of the podcast, is back. Uh, we will start off with you, Rixie, because you've been delving into the form book to try and crack this one. Who are you siding with? Yeah, I think I'm... Looking at this, I think I'm going to side with the, the favour, unfortunately, lads. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's it's a terrible start to the to the pod. Um, yeah, look, one master, I think you can get her there at about five to two. I think on form, she's probably more a seven to four shot. Um, in that price of five to two, I think there is too much... Um, too much kind of considerment in her price that she won't see out the mile as well as some. But look, she's taken a step down in, in class here, I think, and she's kind of going to run maybe on a, on, a, on a track and in a race that won't stretch her stamina as much as she did in, in the Queen Anne because uh, she ran an absolute cracker in the Queen Anne behind Lord Glitters. And for my money, she actually shaped like the, the best horse in the race. But the, the last... The last half of Furlong was just seeing her tie up a little bit. But look, um, this is a drop down in class. She was taken on the Colts and Geldings there. She's back into Philly's company. Uh, William Haggis is, is red hot. He's quite literally on fire, Kevin Blake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Call the fire brigade, quick. Call the fire brigade, yeah. Third. <laughs> Third, at the time at the time of recording, he, he's operating at a, a 31% strike rate. And I think the Haggis team has been in, in good order now for the last five or six weeks, to be fair to them. They've been they've been going pretty well. So look, um the 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 trip is a small issue, but you know, on form she should be she should be a, a shorter in the betting for me. Um I know uh, she's got to turn over form with uh, the William Haggis other horse uh, Besha year when they clashed at the Cora there at the end of May in the the Lanwadi stakes. Um <laughs> what? Is it the Lanwadis? <laughs> Langwads. Landweds. <laughs> the Mywadi steaks. The Mywadi steaks. If it's not blackcurrant, it doesn't count. Oh, stop. Well, there you go. Look, there. She, she's got um, she, she's got over two and a quarter lengths to find with her, but she's three pounds better off at the weights. And that meeting at the Cora, as I think we've already discussed here and there on, on various different podcasts, uh, early speed was carrying, and um, you know, one master was definitely kind of out, not out for the run, but she was. The Haggis team were 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 pretty confident that she was nowhere near ready, and she still ran a cracker. So not half the yard, you're saying, Rixie. Uh, I wouldn't say not off a yard now, but I'd say they want they, they wanted to get a run into her before the Royal Ascot came, and uh, you know the job done. Job you done. Quote him on that, lads. Not half a yard, says Rixie. That is the quote <laughs> from the podcast for sure. 
hopefully, uh, hopefully, Mr. Haggis is not a listener. Oh, he is. He's a, he's aware of the Vanessa Ryle stuff. He's very much aware <laughs> of all of that. Uh, so you're siding with James Doyle and one master. Yeah, um, look, I, I think on form she should be shorter. Um, as I said, the trip is, is maybe the issue. She's probably one there that you might kind of put an in running late about even money or, or shorter, just as maybe um, as a as a safety as a safety net. But you know, I think on form, I'm hoping she she'll get the job done. Okay, now that the older horses are facing the younger generation, uh, it's currently, it was quite even, but it's currently uh, the younger generation stepping up to the plate and taking three group ones. Uh, I quite fancy Kabbalah to do the job, Kev, for Roger Varian and Andrea Tzini. Uh, a very brief line on the current stable to Aidan O'Brien. Bit of talk about it on social media. Are you concerned? Instead of form. Jesus, what's something that came into my mind now? Uh, no, what's something? Well, we've talked Gee. before on the podcast about how some of his horses have been running flat. The problem is that's extending a bit. His latest form hasn't exactly been outstanding. I, I think somebody sent me a, a, a stat the other day which said he had a 9% winner's rate lately. Um, yeah, um, I wouldn't get carried away about it. It's only kind fact, of that, that is a, a fact. Nine percent winners' sam- race, small last... snapshot of time in a, in a bigger season. You could say his Irish Derby weekend was disappointing for sure, but um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be setting off the panic sirens just yet. Now, to be honest, um, you know, given that plenty of those horses that ran at the on Irish Derby weekend were, were backing up relatively quickly from Royal Ascot, so um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be getting panicking just yet. Okay. Um, how many winners has he had since the Derby? I don't know, probably a handful. He has had two: Setsy Pearl and Year of the Tiger, and that is yeah. that is it. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. It's the big days that matter, not the not the in betweeners. True enough, true enough. But a nine percent win rate um, is going to have some people concerned. I can fly has been a fan and a favorite of yours, Kev, for quite some time. Uh, this would present her with a decent opportunity if she is fully firing. But again, as I said, it's Kabbalah for me. What about you? Um, we'll have a little gallop through there for the crack. Um, Beshayir, Beshayir, uh, beat I can fly at the car last time. And but one thing you'd say about that is we've seen it highlighted a few times now since. But that weekend, uh, those that raced prominently or made the running seemed to have a bit of an edge, and that uh, she jumped out, and made the running, and had the run of it. Whereas I can fly, uh, missed the kick, and uh, and ran well, ran on well to finish second. Um, I can fly has then come out and run very well at Royal Ascot without quite matching her peak effort last season, which was of course the second to Roaring Lion. And yeah, I'm just I'm just not fully convinced by I can fly this season. I, she she hasn't yet come close to to matching that that Ascot form. If she could mm-hmm. get back to that sort of level, she'd clearly be tough to beat. But um, I'm just not going to buy into that just yet. Um, Kabbalah, um, her last run is excusable. It was the first backward steps she's taken. Um, she didn't get the clearest run, and um, she scoped wrong afterwards. So. Um, we can forgive that, I think, for sure. And just as mentioned as well, I know it's probably just the, the, the cherry on top, but it was difficult to come from off the pace that particular day, and that's what she was asked to do. So um, I can see her bouncing back. Um, she'd need to improve on what she did in the 1,000 guineas, but I suppose there's a case for her doing so. You know, that was only the third run of her life. Um, Andrea Atzini um, gets on board. <coughs> 
for the first time. So um, that's an interesting jockey switch. No uh, respect to David Egan, of course, but Andrea would have um, a lot more experience in the bank at this stage. So she's interesting. Um, you'd hope the gallop would be even here. Um, not guaranteed to be, but if, if it is, um, I think Rixie's on the right track here. It's not um, anything mad original, but um, I think one master is starting to get the sort of credit she deserves. Um, it was a very good run in the Queen Anne, a little bit away from the action. Could be, could be, um, could be, you know, upgraded on that bare form. I think it's fair to say. Um, we wouldn't knock her too much for the defeat of the car. Rixie outlines why, but as well as that, it was difficult to come from off the pace that day. And um, yeah, on balance, uh, I'd say she's the one. It wouldn't be a mad bullish shout now, but um, she's she's far from she's she's a fav, but she's not. She's one of those that I'd sooner see shortening than lengthening at this stage. So to sum up there final furlong podcast listeners you did indeed hear correctly as soon as rixie said <laughs> i'm going with the favorite kevin did indeed go oh, oh boring. I, I, and then his own assessment is well it wouldn't be a bullish shout now but i could see her shortening in the market just it was kevin, kevin Blake Blake is a classic man now he's a classic man who runs with the hair and he hunts with the hound it was all for comic effect lads what are, what are these all for all for comedic effect because uh, that's what the, that's what the three of us are comedians uh, the, the 2.25 it's the Duchess of Cambridge uh, it is sponsored by Bet365 to give them their dues 2.25 new market six furlongs on the July course we've got uh, a number of interesting courses here particularly I forgot to make a, one, of my, one of my key points about the last race. Can I, can I, can I wheel it back quickly? Yes, you can. Go on, Kevin. What is your glorious key point that's going to knock the socks off all of us and ensure that we all have this horse in our lucky 31? <laughs> because uh, as Rixie mentioned, you know, one master is a, a, a strong traveler. She, she's a pace filly um, at a mile. And something that is a little bit um, underestimated is just how much more of a speed test the July course is compared to Ascot. Um, if you look at the the standard times, and I know you can poke at the, the standard times, but if you look at the, the standard times for both um, the mile tracks, uh, the standard time for the July course is 1.36, and the standard time for the mile, the straight mile at Ascot is 1.38.6. So that's a difference of 2.6 seconds in the region of kind of 16 lengths um, so it's 16 lengths faster um, at Newmarket. So it's it's clearly more, more the emphasis is more so on speed, less so on stamina. And um, that should play to the strengths of one master. To be fair, that was actually worth putting in. Well done, Kevin. The Duchess yeah, of Cambridge. I, I, I was just about to make that point as well, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, he just beat you to the punch. That's a shame. <laughs> Funny enough, I was going to say it too, but I just thought we'd just move on to the next race. But that's, that's all right. The 225 at Newmarket. So we'll see two Royal Ascot winners uh, tackle each other again with those in behind uh, in the market as well. So Dea and Raffle Prize. Uh, Raffle Prize will once again face Final Song, who is third. Celtic Beauty will take on Dea. She's a short price favourite. Does she deserve to be as short as she is, Declan Ricks? No, I don't, I don't think she does. Um, 
Yeah, to see that this is this is going to be a really intriguing race now um, for me because we're going to get there's going to be there's different form lines um, from the the different races at Ascot. Obviously, the Albany and the Queen um, the Queen Mary that are going to be tested here, but they're obviously intertwined already with um, Dea beating Raffle Prize on 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 what was her uh, her debut or was it both? I think it was both their de- debuts. Um, so yeah, look look, this is a re- this is a really interesting race. Um, I don't. I just don't think Dea deserves to be as as short as she is. Uh, it's interesting. I think the the official handicapper has given her a rating of a hundred and nine. Oh. Now, that that is a very very big number for a juvenile. Uh, any juvenile it doesn't matter what sex, but especially for a filly, I'd say at this at this stage of the season um whether or not she's that good time will tell but i'd be i'd be a lot more conservative now on on the ability that she that she has um i think the bookmakers it looks like the bookmakers have rode in and they agree with what the handicapper is saying that she should be that short but uh, i i wouldn't say um oh, um and i look at i think this this race kind of count the other way to try and get Kevin off my back here on the on the second race we're going to go for a little bit of value and oh. I think I think the value in this race is actually um is the horse Kev put up for for the Albany at, at Royal Ascot and that's Celtic Beauty and it's kind of a, a similar it's going to be a similar case to what's already been said about one master in that um there, there's two things I would say one thing the first thing is um Ken Condon's filly is a known and never horse and she's going to get back on much quicker ground. And I think her dam was um, uh, an American filly that competed on dirt. So for me, Celtic Beauty is going to uh, is going to adore this quicker ground. But the other thing that Kev has already mentioned is is how much of a, a speed test in, compa- in comparison the Newmarket July course is compared to Ascot. And if you go back and watch the um, the race at Royal Ascot, the Albany. Um, Ken Condon's filly didn't have travel well in that race, lads. And she actually gave Dea probably a couple of lengths at the start. Um, you know, you're being a little bit picky here, but they might race a little bit closer together here. Maybe Billy Lee, who is set, I think Billy's set to ride again. He is, might might yeah might even sit in front of Dea this time um, and just travel away. So look, um, the, the the market has one horse at thirteen to eight, six to four, and Ken Condon's horse is seven to one, six to one. I think in terms of value, I think that is uh, that that's probably the play in the race for me. But look, this is a good little race. Raffle Prize was very good in beating Kim Yari. Um, I wasn't sure that the drop down in trip would suit her at Ascot, but um, that conditioning that she had over six furlongs already with the softening ground up the stiff the stiff track at Ascot. Uh, suited her um so yeah you know this this is a good little race i i'm i'm i like it so it'll tell us plenty i'm a big fan of dea uh, i just can't have her at the price this time around and, and the value selection would be celtic beauty for me i would be inclined to agree with you as well declan ricks uh, ken condon has very high hopes for this philly billy lee hasn't been too uh, afraid to talk her up as well it is kind of amazing that she's still a maiden but she's definitely showing big signs of progression uh are you weighing in with the irish philly as well kev um no no i'm not uh i am leaning towards the form of the queen mary over the form of the albany i'd agree rixie i think dea um for all that she's a, a smashing filly um just looks a bit short to me here 
And uh, man, I'd go with final song. Ah, so right. Any opportunity for Cy Binsaroor not to book James Doyle, taken yet again. Christoph Sumian not available, but Ryan Moore is because Aidan O'Brien doesn't have a runner. What a scumbag of a man he is. I'm sick of this. <laughs> Unreal. I'm absolutely sick of it. He's got one of the best jockeys in the bloody world at his disposal and he won't use him. Nope. Absolute travesty this is. I'm sick of it. So the, now, I'm, I'm asking a question I don't know the answer to here, but when was the last time uh, uh, inverted commas number one rider um, for Coolmore was employed to ride in a good Alphen silks. McKinnon. <sighs> Which? McKinnon. When? What was that for? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I think it was 2002 or 2001 when Canaan was a one jockey. It's a long time ago, anyway. Oh, very long time ago. Yeah. The the, the point being, it, it's pretty unusual. Yeah, um, it's happened the other way a couple of times, hasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, remember, there, there was the Frankie famous one where Frankie had to apologise. That Frankie had to apologise for having the audacity to take the ride on the favourite in the St. Ledger and then celebrate winning a classic. He had to apologise to Scorpion? his highness. Yes, it was. It was Scorpion, who tried to throw himself into the rail. And uh, <laughs> Frankie did what Frankie does and then had to do an interview with Channel 4 where he apologised for winning the classic. I, I, I think he was, I, he was joking, I think, at the time, to be fair. <laughs> he was not joking. He had to do an okay, interview. He, was. he had to do an interview one-on-one where he said he would never take a ride for Aidan O'Brien again. What happened when he left? Straight back to Aidan O'Brien and riding again for him. So, Well, why wouldn't change? Well, he's, the, he's probably the best jockey we've ever seen. Exactly. I've seen. Exactly. He's a world-class jockey riding for a world-class trainer. Godolphin didn't have a runner in the ledger. Why wouldn't he celebrate it? What There's was... not many lads now I'd leave ride me sister, but I'd leave Frankie ride me sister. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a sister, Rixie? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hypothetical. It's a, thank God it's a hypothetical because that opens so many. Oh, no. Brilliant. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was having to say the views of Declan Ricks are not those of the Final Furlong podcast, but you can go off and say whatever he wants. Or, or the Ricks family. Or, <laughs> or Ricks has to do a one-on-one interview now with Channel uh, 4 where he apologizes for his joke. He, he, Henry will not be happy. Oh, the yeah. little, little known fact. Henry Ricks, yes. De- yes De- De- Declan, Declan Ricks is the son of Henry Ricks, yeah. former Price-wise. Yeah, former Price-wise. for the game. Uh, all premium in the, pe- all rate in the pedigree, tipster. lads. All in the pedigree. What is it, 50 pounds a minute on, on the phones? Uh, so final song, Kev. This was also that we talked about in the lead-up to the Royal Meeting. Ryan Moore takes over. So, yeah, tell us more. Very good ask at first time. Uh, won by an awful long way. Uh, very, very, very strong in the final furlong. And... They chose to keep her at five furlongs for the Queen Mary. And I, I say, looking back on it now, they might just go, oh, maybe we should have had her in the Albany. But she shaped really nicely. Um, she she's like, she didn't have any mad excuse on the day now. She was following the first two. And um, she just didn't quite have the pace to get on terms with them. But you'd note Christoph Sumion was actually quite easy on her in the final furlong. Um, she was closing on them. She was never going to get to them. And he, he gave her a very sympathetic ride late on. Um, the form has got a little bit of a nudge since with the fort. Um, Liberty Beach coming out and bolting up in a listed race at Sandown. And um, yeah, I think this could be strong form. And I think Final Song is very much ready for a step up to six. Um, should benefit from the Queen Mary experience. And is a, is a very fair price, I thought, against um, the Albany form. And why do you prefer the Queen Mary form to the Albany form? 
to be honest, I came away from the two of them thinking that thinking that the the Queen Mary might be uh, might have been a slightly stronger race. Um, and when they're at these prices, um, it makes it to me a pretty easy decision to go with final song. Okay, so final song, who you can get at five to one, uh, is the final selection. Then, as we look at Friday's racing, that's for the Blakester, um, and it's Celtic uh, for the Condon Philly for. Dr. Ricks and for myself. Uh, the July Cup is always a famous race and very much looking forward to this year's renewal. It is a fascinating one. The question is, though, Declan Ricks can advertise advertise his claims for Martin Mead in Group One Company. That's why they pay you the big bucks to produce these shows, Kennedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolute lines like that. Jeez, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this I think and that's this, why they pay that's why you're paid the big money to come on them Rixie so you can produce <laughs> such insights as I don't know <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, Kev got get out, get out the wrong side of the bed today did you no, I think he did <laughs> I think poor old Kev oh yeah. sorry D, no spooning from D this morning what's going on <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> but yeah yeah I, I wouldn't be great for the old insight to be fair that'd be a fair comment <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I don't know. This, I think this this year's July Cup is um is I think it's a lot more open than than the betting suggests. Um, you know, I kind of I the way I'm kind of seeing it is here is we've got a raft of horses all kind of rated in the hundred and fifteen bracket, and basically tactics and whoever turns up on the day is going to is going to kind of sort sort out the men from the boys. Um, advertise, look, I, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of the the, the Commonwealth Cup run. Um, he beat a 20-to-1 shot in Forever Dreams, who was rated 98 coming into the race. Um, you know, 10 sovereigns looked like he disappointed. Jash disappointed. Kadem disappointed. Uh, I think the time of the race um, was useful, to be fair. But uh, I, I don't know. And then again, it's the same point again. He's come. He's going to come from a stiff six on ground with a bit of cut in it to a much sharper six uh, on on quicker ground. And you know, he's a horse that they've run over a mile and has looked good over seven at, at various stages. And I just wonder, could this all be happening a bit a bit quick for him? quick for him so I'm, I'm happy to take him on um you know just looking at the commonwealth cup um race he kind of he, like he's obviously a quick horse he managed to win a group one over six but he just uh, what i noticed about him is he stayed on the same lead the whole way nearly up the straight at ascot which suggests to me you know he's kind of a, a galloping grinder kind of uh, six furlong horse and i don't know will he will he get a, will he get away with that on this uh on this on what will be a quicker test um Dream of Dreams, I think at the price I want to take him on. I know he was on. He was just beaten ahead by Blue Point uh, at, at the in the Diamond Jubilee Stakes, but I'd be very confident that Blue Point is a good five or six or seven pounds better over five than he is over six. And I, I see there that the BHA of given him a rate. He's gone from 111 before Ascot to 119 now. I think that mark probably flatters him a bit. Um, he's another horse that's been running over further uh, on softer ground as well. And his hold-up style, I'm not sure, is going gonna, is gonna to be, is going to suit this track. And look, you've got Kate Byron here, who was very good at Ascot, but it was handicap form. Um, again, he's another horse who's been, he's actually run over a mile and run well over a mile and good times over a mile. 
Um, and he's going to come back again on, on a sharper test. So, look, I, I think all of those at the front of the market I want to take on, lads. Um, Brando as well, you know, he loves these kind of um, downhill tracks in various stages, but I don't think he's been in good order this year, not not the order that we've seen him in in the past. And I actually can't believe it, but the horse at the prices I'm, I'm going to put up is Lamato. Um a seven-year-old bloody gelding running in the July Cup. But look, he, he's, he's a winner of this race before. He looks in very good form at the moment this season. He comes here off the back of carrying a penalty over seven furlongs in the, the Criterion Stakes, um, where he looked like, a, um, if you stop the tape at six furlongs out, he was going to absolutely bolt up. But he was hanging on by a neck there in the end. And look, he, he loves this course. Uh, Henry Candy is another man who we're going to have to call the fire brigade for because he is literally on fire, <laughs> operating at a 32% strike rate. So yeah, look, he, he, at the prices he's going to do for me, um, I really think this is going to be a race. Whoever turns up on the day uh, and runs their race and whoever uh, kind of tactically it pans out for, uh, I think it's going to be one of those races. So, yeah, look at the prices. I think he's 12 to 1, advertises about 11 to 4. Uh, I'd much rather back uh, an informed Lamato who lo- loves this course at those prices. I would be inclined to agree with you, although I am going to be taking you on and I shall be going for Shemi Heffernan to win another Group 1 with Fairyland, who I thought ran an absolute blinder in the king stand and the step back up to six furlongs will surely suit. Uh, they tried her. How's the, how's the edge of that cliff looking? Uh, they tried her in a mile <laughs> and um, she blatantly didn't stay, but she did run a cracker in the 1000 guineas uh, behind Hermosa. Not as good at the Curra. Um, only three lengths behind blue point is damn good form coming into this. And I will gladly take a double figure price about fairyland. Uh, Kev. Whee! Yeah. Be, I think there's been, yeah, there's been money for her all week, to be fair, lads. It's probably something we should note. I think she's been nibbled at fairly consistently. Maybe that was just the market not knowing if she was going to run or not. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. Maybe just I thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, she's closed from 16s into 10s and doesn't seem to be showing any signs of stopping. Oh, that could all be undone Saturday morning, but it is notable that she has been uh, fairly well supported. Uh, who are you going to be siding with so, Mr. Cliffjumper or Kevin Blake? <laughs> um, like Rixie says now it's wide open isn't it and a, a, a few windy characters up around the top of the market um, dream of dreams I, I want to see him do it again before I believe it um, I, I wouldn't have a load against Cape Byron to be fair um, you know the way he went through the Wokingham would encourage you that, that he can be better than, than a high class handicapper uh, you know he was he was just in, you know for a horse that was having um his first ever spin over six in such a competitive high-class handicap against hardened horses. Um, you wouldn't have known it now. He went through the race like he was made to sprint, um, was in control at all stages, I thought. And um, this increased speed test might might even help him a little bit. So I wouldn't like to be underestimating him in his jump up in class. Um, ten sovereigns. <sighs> yeah, babe. like like Rixie says, now that Commonwealth Cup, I just... It's just uh, we'd have red lights going off all around it for me now. It was a race that was shot to bits a long way out. Um, Ten Sovereigns shaped like he wanted. Um, He's shaping a bit like a bit of a Goldilocks horse this year now. A mile seemed a little bit too far. Six seemed a little bit too short. 
and uh, he might need to go seven for it to be just right for him but he might just not be quite as good as we thought he was last season so jury's out there if I wanted one to, to have a little poke at a, at a bigger at a big big price she wouldn't be the selection now but I'll give her a shout is Pretty Pollyanna um, who for me has always looked a sprinter really um, has been campaigned in, in a way that I wouldn't have done it personally but she's coming back to a speedy six furlongs here and um, and that should suit her and she'll just need to prove whether she's good enough or not um, the group one she won last year you couldn't say um, has worked out brilliantly um, by any stretch but I think she's better than she's been able to show in recent starts so I'll give her a chance to, to get back to something like her best um, and a little bit like Rixie I'm having thrown loads of stones at some of the younger competitors. I'm going to go with, with an old boy as well. Um, I'm going to go at Brando. Uh, Brando says go because um, he loves he loves this track. Um, he's got a super record here. Uh, you know, there's I don't think there's a U.S. Navy flag here. I don't think there's a there's a Harry Angel here. Uh, and those are the types of horses that he's been finishing up the arses of um, in this race over the years. Um, I take Rixie's case with Lamato. Um, you know, you can make a very similar case. But um, I, I thought, having been very afraid that Brando looked a small bit diminished in his first couple of starts this season, I thought it was much more like it at Hamilton last time. Um, you know, just the conditions race, but, you know, beat good horses. You know, that that's a race that could have had um, stakes, uh, a stakes name next to it. No one would have batted an eyelid. And it, it just seemed like he was back to himself. And maybe the ground w- was a help to him at this stage of his life. Um, it'll be back to a firmer surface on Saturday. But he, jo- he does seem to love this place. And granted, he gets a bit of pace. You know, you're looking at Major Jumbo there drawn in the middle of them. Uh, we might end up in a bit of a narrow head with Major Jumbo th- at the front of it, perhaps. But um, as long as something keeps him honest up there, pretty Pollyanna might go forward from nine. Um, Brando's drawn up high in 11, so he might end up kind of sprinting home down a wing, perhaps. But I'll take my chance with him at the price. But it's for me, it's a race that would be hard to be bullish about now. And there's not many in here that would be considered a banana's result. I think with, with a couple of obvious exceptions, but there's a few, there's plenty here that wouldn't be surprise winners. There's really lacking a standout um, looking at a pre-race, and but it should be very informative at the same time. Hey, Kev, I was just, I was hoping if I could ask you a, a question here, what do you make of these kind of no name evers once they kind of get into their, their three-year-old campaign? Um, yeah, we're still operating with with limited evidence. Yeah, um, like we're, we were saying to the start of the season, when you look at them physically as a bunch, you, you'd be surprised if they didn't go on. Yeah, but, you know, you have to you have to wait and see before. We were, uh, we, we were saying definitely the same about the war fronts as well, weren't we? The the war fronts was a slightly different thing because you could make a case that they that they didn't train on brilliantly early in his stallion career, but um, early in his stallion career he was covering at a pretty moderate fee, covering a lot of cheap speed American mares, okay. and I think since since he's got a chance to cover more um, better mares, first thing, but second thing, you know, a lot of Galileo mares, um, they seem to be progressing just fine. Um, no one ever would have, you know. You have to bear in mind that no one ever started off at a kind of a, a very much a mid-range fee, kind yeah. of 20, 20 grand, seventeen and a half grand. So he wouldn't necessarily have the the mayor power behind him in his first couple of crops that he'll have going forward. But 
um, it, it's a legitimate thing to ask, I think. And um, it's something that I'm keeping a close eye on. I'm just always a small bit wary of jumping to conclusions um, at what is, you know, we're still only halfway through. They're sure his first crops three-year-old year, but yeah. um, it, it would be it would be easy to find a few examples now that would make you have concerns. But uh, I'll reserve judgment for a little bit longer. So what is your feeling then on 10 sovereigns in this race? Because he's bound to be popular on Saturday. And we are in danger of overlooking the horse who's being sent off a very, very short price favourite for the Commonwealth Cup and mm. now being a much more favourable price. Yeah, I don't know about Kev, but I just... Well, there's a there's there's, a, there's two things for me. Um, one is he's not showing the same level of form as he did last year. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, um, to be fair to the horse, the trip could be the issue. He, he could be, seven could be his absolute ideal. But it was interesting that kind of at Royal Ascot and there was a point, um, you know, I think it was I think it was Gina, Gina Bryce who was on the day and just a lot of people, kind of just chatting to a few people around the parade ring at Royal Ascot was like, for a sprinter, 10 Sovereigns is incredibly laid back. Incredibly laid back. Like two, I think Gina even said, you know, she maybe thought he was too laid back and you just wonder... You know, kind of, does he does he have the mentality of a, to be a, a sprinter? Um, you know, I thought a mile stretched him in the guineas, but then again, I thought his guineas run was better than his Ascot run in terms of numbers. He ran to a better level for me, so I, I don't know. Maybe he and you know that was his first run of the season in the guineas. You know, maybe he was he was entitled to to come on for the race as well. Maybe a mile could be his bag by the end of the year, but I don't know. He's a, he's a funny one to work out, but. As you say, they're kind of, you, you know, uh, you got nine to four in the guineas, you got even money in the Commonwealth Cup and you're now getting about 10 to one. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But I think the jury, for me, you know, I don't know about Kev, I think the jury is out. Yeah, and in fairness to him, when you watch the guineas back and you, I know we, we, we hate when people say this, but if you kind of just, if you just watch the race in the middle and uh, and don't worry so much about the ones that are isolated near side, like he's only given best in the middle very, very late on. Yeah, like he's looked the winner there for for quite a long time, and he, he's started to hang inside the final furlong, and he's only just got nailed close home, really. Like it was a it was a good run, and no disappointing in the context of what was expected of him. Yeah. Um, but you kind of look back on it now, would it would given that we know a bit more now, you look back on it, would it, you can you could definitely look back on it with a more sympathetic eye than we did at the time. Yeah. In terms of trying to work him out, but yeah, it's 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 out a little bit for me. Obviously, obviously in the guineas as well, there was that kind of there was that pace by wasn't there everything stand side just kind of stole two or three lengths not a pay yeah well it was a pace bias not a track bias um per se even though i think maybe it there was maybe it, it all added up into a to to just making it better for magna grecia and co on that side but yeah we've already we've already uh jumped off that bridge we won't jump off again yeah i just i think it's important to mention them and it's a good point to make about the known they nevers, Rixie, and uh, it'll yeah, be interesting. I'm just, I'm just not sure, you know. Maybe we're kind of, um, maybe we're, we're just getting too we kind of accustomed to these kind of Galileos of the O'Briens, just keeping on progressing and going forward and going forward. But I just, you know, I've been looking at kind of, you know, the war fronts, and now I'm looking at the known they nevers, you know. You know, like, like I just, I will never get out of my head about Air Force Blue looking such an unbelievable juvenile. Obviously, a son of Warfront, but physically, 
everything about him said he would be better at three and it just didn't work out like that and I look I know that's that's obviously one horse in a, in a, in a big big sample but yeah, I just you know you just those American bloodlines you just wonder are they maybe as hardy as some of the the kind of the, the European ones I don't know but well, I just thought I'd I thought I'd ask Kev about it you're going back to the Saddler's well stormcat lines and um, I mean you've already told us a story about a very valuable two-year-old who cost something like six and a half million or three million or something obscene like that that you were looking after in Belly Doyle and um, you were saying to them God this thing must be a machine or like useless Uh, (laughs) it's just a case of that the American like more often than not unless they've taken one of their own mares to go to to Warfront um, they're going to cost an absolute fortune. That's just the the way of the business. And so sometimes that's going to work out. Sometimes it's not. But it's always going to be a more high-profile failure when there's $2.1 million standing on the price tag or even $650,000 as opposed to they've just taken the private mare to a stallion instead and, and maybe we don't pay as much attention to it. But there's certain, something definitely very, very different about how Galileo was able are able to perform at two, three, four, and five. Um, yeah. The level of, of strength, consistency, class that they show compared to some of the American stallions. Sometimes we get an outlier and one's unbelievable, like Giant's Causeway. Um, other times we get an Air Force blue. We'll just we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. But it, it's interesting. Um, it's fairyland for me. That was our first run at Five Furlongs and um, in her entire life, and I thought it was a stunning one. And if Blue Point was in this race, he would be a very, very short price favorite. The 10 to 1 is fair. Uh, off to Ascot we go, gentlemen. Uh, the 4 o'clock is the only race we're going to talk about there. Sylvester D'Souza rides beat to bank as he bids to defend his crown in the summer mile. Uh, Rixie, this is one of the races you were very keen to talk about. I'm sure that with Kieran McAvoy on board, Zaki is going to be very, very popular for Sir Michael Stout. But for me, it will be very firmly about beat the bank. Yeah, look, I think on form, uh, beat the bank is going to take a, a fair bit of beating, but he does he does have a penalty to carry. Uh, he's got to he's got to give um, he's got to give three pounds to Zaki, which is the, his main market rival, and you know that that might be might be tough. I suppose kind of the the main the kind of I think the real key point with this race is. Um, is the pace for me. You've got Matterhorn in there, um, Waddell Safa and Awesome Tank. Uh, those are three horses that like to go forward and get on with it. So I think this race is going to be run at a, at a strong gallop. Um, it's going to sort the, the men from the boys and kind of class will come to the fore. And yeah, look, I kind of, again, unfortunately, uh, Kevin Blake, get ready. Uh, I'm probably going to have to side, side with a favourite here in Zaki. So yeah, it's it's look it's not ideal, but I, I think he's the most likely winner getting three pounds off beat the bank. Um, the, I think the pace in the race will will really suit him. He's a he's a really strong traveller. This horse, uh, may, maybe kind of too strong at times, but uh, yeah, that the whole the kind of the quick ground, uh, the strong gallop, and he's drawn in one. I can see Karen McAvoy giving him a a very brave run down there down the inside the whole way. The horse will take him into the straight. He might need a li- little bit of luck, and then I'm hoping he'll quick and clear. Um, yeah, look, beat, beat the bank has got to give him three pounds, as I've said, uh, but he's also got to back up 25 days later. He ran an absolute cracker in the in the Queen Anne behind Lord Glitters, and I was absolutely kicking myself there about a furlong 
out when he hit the front because I, I thought him and Lord Glitters were kind of the two overpriced ones and I, had to, I hadn't backed to beat the bank and I was like, Christ above, if this horse wins now, this is going to be a bad start. But uh, thankfully, the other lad got up. But uh, look, he's, he's got to back up now. Um, I always actually going into the, the reason why I didn't actually back uh, beat the bank at, at Ascot is I, I always thought he was better around the bend. His form had looked better around the bend. And uh, he, he gets that now. He reverts from the straight track to, to the bend. Uh, and that will help. Um, I suppose we, we better give Accidental Agent uh, a mention because just in terms of uh, of, of ability oh. and being a and being a Group One winner last year, he he is a big price at six to one, especially when he's going to get three pounds from beat the bank. But um, <laughs> I like I I don't know about the rest of you, but there was I did not see him refusing. I, no. He's never struck me as the type of horse who had a, had that bit of temperament about him. Uh, maybe he saw all all the old headlines after the Queen Anne last year, and he was like, you know, back those fillies into me, Tommy. I'm ready to go away to stud there, <laughs> and he's like. I'm not racing on for another year, lads. Get him into me now, and he put the brakes on. So I was actually, I was so, I was so caught up in the race at Ascot. I didn't know he'd refuse until after the race. So you know, you know, how can you back a horse with any confidence who has done that now? So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Matterhorn, I think, is you know, he's a very commendable horse. He's he's a he's a brave horse. He's a tough horse. He's been in great form, but I think maybe very very flat tracks kind of suit him, and I think he's going to be taken on for the lead here. And I just think he's maybe a class. He's probably a Group Three listed horse in truth, and he's maybe potentially going to run against a couple of uh, kind of Group One horses here, kind of weak Group One horses all the same but yeah we'll see it's 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 a it's a it's a competitive race but i just think with zaki getting weight and being fresh and gonna have the the race run to suit i think at the um i wouldn't say he's he's value now or anything he's a fair bet he'd be the one for me the gelding operation from last summer has definitely paid dividends um going close in group threes and now on a on the hat trick here after beating Barney Roy and oh this is us I just the more I looked at this race the more I kept coming back to beat the bank Kev I thought the the return as Rixie was saying to the turning mile would suit you run an absolute stormer at the royal meeting Sylvester de Souza is flying it um, there's an awful lot to like about him and the market is being made I'm just hoping that Zaki's form isn't quite up to, to beat the banks and on official ratings beat the banks 116 Zaki 112 your thoughts on the race my man um, yeah, I have nothing against Saki. I'd say that the gelding has brought him forward. Um, I didn't think he especially seemed, he didn't seem to handle Epsom all that well last time and he still won. So mm-hmm. you'd think returning to a more orthodox track will be a help to him. Um, beat the bank, sure. Look, if he repeated what he did that uh, on his last start, he'd have to have a big shout. But um, that was a big effort, his third run of the season. Um, he, he might just not be at his quite at his peak like some of the rest of these. And he has to give away three pounds um, to some good horses. So that would be enough to squeeze me away from him. Um, you know, at the price, you nearly have to have a ticket to take a chance in accidental agent, don't you? Um, and just hope it was an aberration. Uh, you know, do some market research, see uh, which bookmakers refunded last time, and go have a bet with oh, them. Oh God, time. I guarantee you they don't. They don't refund if he stands in the stall this time around. Yeah, I've I've no idea if um if if anyone indeed refunded last time. I'm sure someone did. I wouldn't. I would never encourage did. such behavior. A couple did. 
Please don't tweet for a justice refund. No. Yeah, I, I wouldn't encourage that type of behavior. But um, it's, yeah, it's, look, it's, he, it's, but it's all right. It's all right to wish in your mind. Go, lads, give me my money back. But just don't tweet. <laughs> just don't tweet about it. That's exactly. the important bit. Like, exactly. it's a bit desperate, lads. Yeah. Have a bit of tact. Yeah, have yeah, a bit exactly, of self-respect. You know? But by, by all means, lads, get down on all fours and say a little prayer there you, to get it back. But yeah, just or, don't or send them a private email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There could be somebody... exactly. Don't demean yourself by asking in public. <laughs> yeah, just just send it privately. There could be Uh-oh. there could very well be somebody in the marketing team who's like, hmm, after all this Frankie Dettori nonsense, we could do with a bit of a, you know, a revival, a bit of a boost. Uh, we'll give an all refund here. But to be I honest, saw a I great one during it's... the week where some guy was looking for his money back on CA class for the King George. And I oh, I I think the quote was it can like something along the lines of could I get my money back back because she's basically nearly dead <laughs> ridiculous like for shame on that uh, person for shame on that individual absolutely spoil rotten unbelievable <laughs> like like fat disobedient children now is what they're like oh. justice refunds best odds guaranteed jeez they've never been punished a day in their life yeah the, the oh old the old God. days of having to wait for the market to open half an hour beforehand you're standing at the computer or you're in the betting shop and you're you're sitting there wait it's the afternoon and you're wondering what's the market going to be like is it going to be completely different from what the bookie had this morning is it like what's it going to be like on track and then your horse opens up five to one and immediately you're like I was expecting two. So has he lost a leg? What's going on? And your mind is blown completely. Um, yeah, back, back, back in the good old days, if you took two to one about a horse that went that four to one, you'd you take your embarrassment and take it take it forward as a life lesson. Yeah, you wouldn't even oh, celebrate yeah. the win. You just go right, okay, okay, Shame. You need to learn on that, and uh, yeah, take your money and walk out, and then realize that actually you've backed a winner and just be happy about it. Um, yeah. Right, so Kev, you actually want to go with Accidental Agent, do you? I think you take a chance with him because he would have been trained to the minute for the Queen Anne mm. and clearly, literally didn't have a race there. Um, like his comeback run in the lockage was was very good. And, you know, while he's better known for his exploits um, on the straight track uh, at Ascot rather than the round track, um, he'll be coming in here in, in perhaps coming to a peak a little bit more than the others. Um, the, the, certainly his, his mate likes to beat the bank so he just at the price he's 6-1 to one against what is in the main a bunch of group 2 horses or in the case of beat the bank you know a borderline group 1 horse that has to carry a £3 penalty um, so it's it's not an unreasonable proposition uh, you know the, the, the lingering worry that he might do what he did last time is clearly there um, but you know did it once, totally out of character. You can be sure the connections would have done everything they can at home uh, to try and prevent it happening again. So um, they're good operators. You know, I, I take it at the at the price. I think it's easy enough to take a chance um, and and just hope for the best. Keep an eye on Kevin Blake's Twitter on Saturday afternoon and just see, does he accidentally slip and tweet a bookmaker? Can I get a justice refund there on accident? <laughs> we gave him a big mention on the pod and he got stuck in the stalls again. And oh, you know. Emmett, the day I look for a justice refund for back in a fair and square loser is the day to put me in a box because I'm gone at the game. <laughs> and if you are of the psychotic tendencies and 
producer D decides to tweet that for a bit of a laugh, take it seriously because Kevin's just <laughs> given you the permission to do so. Uh, on Sunday, we have the Judmont Grand Prix de Paris, the final topic we'll talk about on the podcast as I got to go to a doctor. Uh, so they're over... 2,400 meters, uh, the mile and four. It's one of the most famous race courses in the world. This race is not necessarily up with some of the most vintage renewals that we've had, but we do get to see Japan, who looked every inch a superstar. Declan, your view on the derby was that it was rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. (laughs) The worst derby to ever be run in the history of derbies. Only for Circus Maximus and Japan to come out and win. You have subsequently had a couple of horses disappoint, but Japan, to be fair to him, looks a star, and he should be a very, very short-priced favourite on the Paris Mutual. Circus Maximus is a great boost for the form, the bloody non-stayer in the derby, the horse running over the wrong trip. (laughs) Give your head a wobble, will you? The amount of of Muppets that were tweeting me after he won there the last day was ridiculous. Go away, lads, will you? I'll give you Japan. I'll give you Japan. No butter. I'm not giving you Circus Maximus. He didn't stay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at the miler running over a mile, mile four in the derby. Oh, it's a good boost of form. Shag off, will you? <laughs> Fuck's sake. You looked at miler. He looked at miler last, last year, all right. He looked at miling prospects and not a middle distance one. Um, <laughs> Absolute shy talk on that shy haven bloody Twitter. <laughs> I'll give you Japan, but I, to be fair, I, I need you to go back. Japan. You can have Japan. You can have Japan all you, you want. You can have Japan, but you can never take my freedom. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, you're, you're definitely not getting Circus Maximus, he bunch of degenerates. Get out of my timeline. <laughs> I'm still I'm still sticking with it. It was a bad derby. I'm still sticking with it. Uh, well, look, oh, the only, the only stubborn way, man. Have you like a stubborn pig? The only way we'll know is if they come up against the Nabel and Crystal Ocean in the King George and they get absolutely wallops. Well, well, well we'll see how Anthony Van Dyke does. He's going to take him on, apparently. That's the... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, Sovereign. Yeah. Yeah, but Sovereign was, what, 53 lengths behind in the tarpies? We'll have to wait and see. Right, uh, so Japan is the one that you will allow people to abuse you about. Yeah, on, yeah, uh, yeah. Give me, you can throw all the abuse at me about him, but I, I, there, is a, there is still a caveat to that now, lads. There is still a caveat well, to that. come on, then. Come there was, on. I, I'll have to go back and listen to it, but I, I did say at the time, I hope, oh. I hope, I'm praying that like Japan was the horse to take out of the derby. If there was going to be one horse that could go on, it would be him. Hey, 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 obviously- listen, this isn't the Declan Ricks gets to defend himself for an opinion that was wrong moment of the podcast. This is where oh, we is. discuss what we think is, is going to win the oh, Grand Prix de Paris. And at the, at the looks of things, assuming that there isn't another sovereign situation, then Japan should be a short price favourite and he should go and win. Yeah, look, no, he should. Um, he, he visually, he was very, very good in the in the King Edward. Um, um, I, I do have reservations about that form, though. In, in terms of Bangkok, for me, is he's 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 a listed horse, a Group Three horse, and he's a ten furlong horse because he's actually a kind of a bit of an outlier for these lazy Australia horses. He's a horse who takes a grip and he likes to get on with it. Um, I, I think I have him rated to about 104. Rixie's uh, rating! Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 104. If you're 104 horse, you're, you're a listed horse, right? So that's it. Um, look, Japan beat him out the gap. He beat him four and a half lengths and he took the scenic route. He, he looked very good. Um, I'm, I'm definitely... I, I'm, 
out of all the horses that have run in the Derby, it now looks like Japan, if there is going to be a horse that could potentially put it up to Enable and Crystal Ocean and those horses, it's going to be him. Um, look, if he doesn't win this race, then then um, I will receive all your tweets about the, being a shy Derby uh, gracefully. And uh, we... <laughs> And we can move on, but look, this this is a very bad race. Um, he, he needs to win this. It's as simple as that. If if you're looking for a horse, maybe to back each way or finish second to him, um, the Mikel Del Zangel horse at Casamen uh, has only ran twice this season. He won it. Uh, he. He won at Song Clue on his debut, and then it looks like he maybe had a little setback because he didn't race for two months after, and he came back and ran in the the Group Two um, behind Al Hilala Al Al. Yeah, there you go. Think of Billy Lee. It's Hilali. Hilali. There you go. And look, he just he shaped me like a horse that was um, out for out for a run, another horse out for a run. Sumion was very, very kind on him now, and it just looked like they were potentially getting him ready for this for this race. So if you were looking for maybe one to finish second to him or have a bet each way um, without, that's the way I'd be looking at it. But uh, yeah, look, if Japan doesn't get this uh, job done, um, where it's it's... You know, it's a worrying, worrying state of affairs. And look, I'm hoping he has an easy race and he looks good, and then he can go to the King George because obviously we always want to see the the three year old generation take on the the older horses, and that will be another dynamic to I think what's going to be a, a good King George this year. No chance he runs in the King George, but I do see the sense in running him here, and it's almost like that throwback to Scorpion when we had the mention earlier on. They have over the years decided to take the easier option with this race but you still have to go and win it Q Gardens did Scorpion did and uh, this is just the natural progression to Getty's group one Kev uh, it's he's not meeting a whole host of resistance and when we were briefly talking before we started recording you were saying where are the French contenders and that's really the issue here there isn't something that really stands out and, and makes anybody at Coolmore I should think be in any way nervous as long as he turns up in good form he really should go and win Ah, oh, stop. There's hurricane force winds blowing through this race. It, it's that windy. <laughs> this is a, a shocker of a group one. It really is now. Like, oh, good God, this horse will be a super short race. Yeah. Um, surprised there's not more uh, British involvement. The, the the British have been cleaning up in France uh, for a couple of years now. And I'm amazed and there isn't a, a really decent British middle distance horse heading over here. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, no, we, we, just, we just have Jal Mood, who, you know, is, is a grand horse, but yeah, he wouldn't be a Group 1 horse now. Um, but this, yeah, he should absolutely um, jab up on this now, by all accounts. Uh, and like, just in terms of, like, and it's been, we've mentioned it recently on the pod, and it's been mentioned elsewhere, but the, the, if if you're the boss man in French in French racing, you're looking at your horses there and you're going, "Jeez, what's happened here, lads?" Because mm. I I pulled up some of statistics. I mentioned I haven't updated them fully since, but I, I I ran them a couple of years ago, and so we're talking about in terms of French trained horses that were given an official rating of 120 or higher uh, during the course at the end of at, in the end of year. Uh, world Herbert rankings, we'll call them. So in 2000, I'm going to go forward from 2009, year by year, right? 9, 12, 13, 10, 6, 5, 9, 
two in 2016. I, I don't have 2017 to hand, but 2000 last you, year. You are I terrible just, at counting, Blake. I just quickly checked it there. They had three last year. Christ. And at the moment, they have two in, in the most recent edition of the rankings. They, they have two uh, that are rated 120 or higher. And uh, that's for, for, you know, a, a pretty powerful nation now. That's uh, pretty that's powerful. Pretty They're one of the most famous racing nations in the entire world. They have won Melbourne Cups, Breeders' Cups. They've won the Derby. They've got incredibly famous owners, incredibly famous trainers. They've got arguably one of the most famous famous race courses in the world. Can you tell I'm going there on Sunday and we'll be speaking to the officials in France in public and asking them about all this stuff? Because I will be. But this is... You it's, are leaving the house, are you? I'm actually leaving the house. I'm actually this, call, having, this calls for celebration, Having spent the, a night in hospital, I'm off to France. Uh, but it should be... You, you, should, you should live stream this. It should be a lot of uh, fun. Having I'm looking forward to it. accompanied Emmett on international travel before. <laughs> do, you, do, you have a mind, do you have a minder appointed for today? Oh, I couldn't care less. I don't need one. <laughs> He'll have the backup drugs in the pocket there ready to... Damn ready to right, roll. son. Damn right. The second word done. Straight back to the hotel. A nice sleep and a flight back to Ireland. Happy day. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't assume you get there in one piece now. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either at the week I've had, to be totally honest with it. Um, a proper scare. Uh, you'd be grand. I, ho- I hope you have a nice time. Thank you, yeah, Mixie. Appreciate li- li- that. Live streaming. <laughs> Appreciate that, Rixie. Uh, but it is a genuine question, though, about the lack of quality and strength and depth in French racing. Like we had, yeah. we had the French Derby winner come over last year, and uh, the the Arcos horse and get blown away in the Irish Champion Stakes, and then was sent off a million in the arc. Used twenties, but still, study of man, like looked to be the next bagel. He looked to be the next big superstar, and it turns out no, he just won a French group one and French horses aren't exactly the strongest these days so I'm surprised that there aren't more I'm surprised that Gosden Sir Michael Stout um, somebody hasn't sent something over here because this is a famous valuable race with a lot of prize money and uh, it looks as though it will be heading to Coolmore and uh, just to complete my, my, my very rough data set there I count six uh, 120 pluses that came out of France in 2017 so um, you know, at best, half of what they're operating at there in kind of 2010, 11, 12, when they had um, 12, 13, and 10. Uh, yeah, you, you'd be concerned. And I know there was excuses there a few years ago. They did wicked troubles with um, um, equine herpes and Sean T, which crippled a lot of yards there. But that's uh, seemingly long gone. Uh, so you would be, you, there'd be, there would want to be some kind of self examination there to, to work out why this is happening. Um, but this, uh, I suspect the issue might uh, get a bit of an airing now uh, at the weekend because when, when people look at the depth of this, you know, quite prestigious Group 1, um, people will be saying, God, how in the name of God has it, has it, has it come to this? Because yeah. this, is, this is windy, windy with a big capital W. Well, I mean, part of the decision to reduce the French Derby to 10 furlongs was that the French racing authorities were saying, right, well, we're going to go, we're going to invest in speed, but we will also then have the Grand Prix de Paris. So we'll have our Derby at Chanty and we'll have, if you want a French Derby, you're going to have that then uh, in in what is now Paris Longchamp. So they would still produce that for you. And yes, for some reason, they're not producing the horses 
that you would expect them to. And when you consider the fact that Pascal Barry, I'm off to the toilet. Back in a minute. Pascal Barry and Jean Claude Rougier and all those, like they get access to the Nyarko sources. You've got the Agacans being one of the most famous breeders in the entire world. He's got incredible amounts of you would think strength and depth there, but an incredible amount of horses coming through. Khaled Abdullah, uh, Godolphin yeah, have got an entire they, they operation there. They don't have a sire in um, in France. But you would still at, think at though, minute. Kev, that while while there might not be the sire power that we would expect, you still have enough owners and a, a program that is attractive enough that and, and owners who want their horses racing there that they'll take, uh, you know, a, an Irish stallion like Khaled Abdullah and the Aga Khan have stallion form, farms here like and take a horse to France, but they're not doing that. The, or if they are, these horses aren't developing in the way that you would expect them to. It's all a bit odd. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, you know, people will highlight the, the French premium system and the prize money system. And the, it, it's a very attractive place to have a horse in training in financial terms. Mm. But it seems that for whatever reason, it, it is not translating to top class horses on the racetrack in recent years. Maybe it's a, a bit of an anomaly. Um, maybe it isn't. Um, but like the, the, they have a couple of. Well, we won't, we won't call them emerging sires anymore. They're very good world-class sires in, in Sayuni and uh, Le Havre. But, yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're struggling a small bit after that in terms of real sire power mm. um, compared to, we'll say, Ireland and Britain. And uh, maybe that's a little bit of the problem um, because, you know, there's, there's very little substitute for sire power. Uh, and yeah, they, 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 like I said, there should be a bit of self-examination there now because it's in everyone's interest for uh, for there to be uh, for for the racing powers around the world to have strength. And at the minute, France is is it's just lagging behind the touch. Yeah, more than the touch actually. And and French racing can be so good that oftentimes they won't travel; they'll just focus on their own races. But when they do, they've produced global superstars like Goldakova, uh, like Hurricane Run, horses off the top of my head. But it's they're not there right now. I mean, you can't really think of a French horse that would be really super exciting for the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, like you know, wonderful trainers, like you say, such a history. Um, yeah, well, what more can you say, really? Not not a whole lot. Uh, only drag it out and wait for Rixie to be back. We're done, Rixie. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. In which case, your best bet for the weekend, my friend. Uh, best bet for the weekend would be Zaki in the Summer Mile. Oh, you're taking on Beat the Bank strongly. Your best bet for the weekend, Kevin Blake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be surprised when Rixie gets asked before you? Uh, I'll go with... I'll go with Final Song. Final Song, and I will go with Fairyland who I think is a is a very, very Whee! fair price. Win only. <laughs> Win only. Go hard or go home, which means go home. Uh, that's it. We tragically lost Brendan Grace, who is an incredibly talented comedian. Ugh. Just very, very briefly, the word got out last night. People were jumping the gun, but unfortunately, uh, he did pass away. I will very quickly mention the fact that Noel Whelan, who is a political commentator, um, a columnist, uh a consultant and an all-around genius and a, and a real gentleman who always spoke his mind. He also passed away today in Ireland, which was a, a real shame, and he will be very, very much missed from the Irish media landscape. Um, I still and friend friend of the podcast as well, Chester Williams. Um, he lost a he lost a friend as well in in um, his 
his uh, 1995 World Cup winning partner, James um, Small, passed away yesterday no, as well. No, go away. Oh, didn't oh, know yeah. Yeah, that's oh. rough now, isn't it? That's tough. Yeah, he would. He'd be. He'd be a, a small age, really, relatively, wouldn't it? Fifty years of age is all. Ah, ah no. The man. The man. The man. I think, if I remember correctly, was uh, tasked with trying to stop Gianno Lomo. Yeah. What, what, what happened to him? A uh, heart attack, I think. Ah, no. God rest him. Yeah. Sorry to hear oh, that. Guess. Very sorry to hear that. Uh, Brendan Grace, I so you two are from Tipperary. Uh, bootleg DVDs and video, VHS copies would definitely have been a huge thing in Tipperary. I remember watching <laughs> VHSs of uh, of Brendan Grace, but he'd do specials on RTE, and and he did have a following in the UK as well. He'd be doing shows on Channel Four and various different things. Um, but of course, most notably for the British audience. He was on Father Ted, and he had that infamous character. I've had my phone, and that's Ooh. all that matters. He was sounds like Jim Bolger. Uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> Brendan Grace took inspiration from Jim Bolger. You don't know. Uh, we do know that he likes the the big time banging tunes at nighttime. Uh, but he was he was a just a hilarious comedian. He he was a, a very funny guy, and um, you saw him live very recently, Kev. I did actually, yeah. No, Woody Blake is a, is a big fan of his, so he was coming there to uh, Turles. I don't know when it was, maybe a year, two years ago. And myself and Dee went up along with him. And it, was, it was my first time to see him live now, but it's great. I was showing like, clearly a man that was, you know, far from in his physical prime now, but still sharp as ever. And uh, I'd recommend it actually. I went chasing it this morning after I after I saw the news. You can get that episode of Father Ted, which incidentally was voted to be the best ever episode of Father Ted. Rightly so. Um, it's oh, called wow. it's called New Jack City. And if you go into Daily Motion, which if you're not familiar, it's it's YouTube under another name basically. It's the rip on YouTube. Type in Father Ted, New Jack City. The episode is there in full and I wing I'm gonna clear the decks tonight and sit down and watch it because uh oh, stuff absolutely brilliant. Uh very, very funny. And uh yeah it's uh, always sad when a, when a funny man dies and uh, Brendan Grace was up there with the best of them absolutely uh, I'm also pretty sure that you can just go on all four and watch it there really? oh okay pretty certain uh, willing to be corrected on that but I'm pretty certain if you push the button on your Sky remote and say Father Ted boom it'll pop up for you pretty quickly um, yeah second season episode number nine if you're trying to track it down great episode you've saved us a lot of time there so fair play for that and uh, there it is Father Ted is available uh, for us all series including the Christmas special all available on all four so um, you can just put in your email or if you're on Sky you just ask the remote control and it'll it'll get it for you um, Rixie any line on Father Ted Brendan Grace absolute legend ah yeah no he's kind of Father Ted was um, was was very much part of my kind of childhood growing up it was an unbelievable show um, kind of probably ahead of its time in in I know it was produced and and uh, I think you know uh, um, displayed to the the public in in England because I don't think at that time you would have got away with uh, <laughs> with well, they, what they did they in Ireland they claim <laughs> that they offered it right they so so they claim that they did actually make an offer here's the thing I know for a fact they refused it RTE said no we couldn't have this in Ireland and Channel 4 <laughs> jumped at it. They were like, happy days. Thanks very much. So we ended yeah. up getting it anyway. And then Orti had to pay for the rights. They had to pay to get it. 
Yeah, it's uh, look, it's an absolute. It's one of those. It's one of those shows that's timeless. You know, you could watch that again in ten years, and you, you'd still you'd still find it funny. Uh, but yeah, obviously, Brendan Grace was was um, was was part of. I think it was just for one episode, but. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, you know, I think I saw Daryl Breen say he's probably the, you know, the greatest or well-known Irish comic ever, which is, yeah. uh, which is a fair, a fair feat given we're an Ireland, an Ireland of hilarious bastards. So well said, well said. If you, if you say that to me again, I'll put your head through that wall. <laughs> 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 Kevin Blake will be uh, appearing next week on the show whenever it is that we're on uh, with just filled with hair just just hair all over his body he's ha- he look at his hands and go Hoo! and uh, it'll, it'll be a bit of a crisis situation for him but yeah it'll be, be a lot of fun um, I tell you what it was only one appearance that he made on the show but the fact that that show was voted the best episode of Father Ted goes to show you what a memorable performance he put in and what a memorable episode it was. It was absolutely brilliant. And uh, I'll just say that I hear it's la- Ireland's largest lingerie section. So they say. Because <laughs> that episode was absolutely fantastic as well. But Brendan Grace, he was a genius and he brought joy to many lives. And um, sorry to hear of his passing. God rest him. Right, that's it from Kevin Blake. Good luck. That was uh, like you were on the moon there, Kev. Uh, from Declan Ricks. See ya. Do, 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 it, do it again there. Have a line. <laughs> do, Kevin, would you like to say something witty? <laughs> he's getting he's getting ready the old, the, old, uh, the old line from Father Ted, I'd say, is he? Kevin, have you Googled much. the quote? What's your, <laughs> what's your farewell for our loyal listeners? <laughs> Cue me up there in a way that pe- doesn't make people suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I haven't edited this out yet? From Kevin Blake. I've had my fun and that's all that matters. I literally said that earlier on in the show. Uh, from Declan Ricks. See ya. And from me, Amos Kennedy. Thank you very much for listening. We'll chat to you soon. God bless. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, Expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.